This episode is brought to you by Progressive Insurance. Whether you love true crime or comedy, celebrity interviews or news, you call the shots on what's in your podcast queue. And guess what? Now you can call them on your auto insurance too with the Name Your Price tool from Progressive. It works just the way it sounds. You tell Progressive how much you want to pay for car insurance, and they'll show you coverage options that fit your budget. Get your quote today at Progressive.com to join the over 28 million drivers who trust Progressive. Progressive Casualty Insurance Company and Affiliates. Price and coverage match limited by state law. With threats to our nation waiting around every corner, adaptability is more important than ever. When conditions change without notice, quick strategic thinking is crucial. And with obstacles consistently impending, determination is essential in overcoming them. It's this willingness, decisiveness, and resilience that sets Marines apart. With our fighting spirit, we don't just fight battles, we win them. Marines are the constant our nation counts on to fight the unknown. And through adaptable problem solving, we do just that. Learn more at Marines.com. Support for this podcast comes from Frito-Lay in the 2023 Snack Bracket Championship. The Frito-Lay Snacket Challenge is underway, and fans are voting on their favorite snacks to crown champion. We're talking about primetime matchups between the best 64 snacks in the land. Will Ruffles Ridges reign supreme? Can Doritos defend their dynasty? Or will smart food use their smarts for a surprise upset? Only you can decide. Get in on all the action for a chance to win up to $1,000 or a year's worth of snacks. Let your snacks be heard. Just go to Frito-LaySnackIt.SBNation.com to vote and enter for a chance to win. No purchase necessary. Sweepstakes ends April 3rd, 2023. Void but prohibited. Years worth of snacks awarded in the form of 52 coupons, each good for one bag of chips. See official rules at Frito-LaySnackIt.SBNation.com. A new head coach and boy genius Mike McDaniel, the fastest cheetah to ever roam the football field, and an actual left tackle? Let me check your pulse if you're not fired up. Before we jump into a fresh episode of Finsider Radio, Jake and Josh want you to please, please, please hit that subscribe button if you haven't yet. Subscribing to the show is the best way to know when Jake and Josh have something cooking in the kitchen iTunes, Spotify, it doesn't matter. Following helps others find the show, and we want to thank you for that. Now, let's talk some dolphins. Class is in session. Welcome back to Finsider Radio. Thank you for spending some of your day with us. This is the Jake and Josh Show, where we are going to dive into Chapter 5 of our Nursery Book Club. But before I do that, I got to welcome in the only teacher who's going to let me pass this class. And that's Joshua Houts. Josh, how are we doing today, buddy? Like I told you, man, the kids are driving me up a wall, but I'm actually pretty excited to talk about Hunter Long. Before I ask you how you're doing, I have a question, man. Do you know what the Scott Fishbowl is? Huge fantasy, like tournament style thing. I wanted to ask you, man, it's a two quarterback league. I'm on the clock right now. Should I take Devontae Adams or should I get my second quarterback in Tua Tonga-Vailoa? The reason I'm asking you is because I've been sitting here torn as hell, but it's a two quarterback league and uh, the quarterbacks are falling. So I was going to do the Homer thing, but I wanted to ask you because Devontae Adams is Devontae Adams. And uh, you took Justin Herbert with your first pick and then Derrick Henry. If I yep, remember it was correctly. Herbert Henry. So I, I pick now and then I'll pick again in four spots. But the two guys in front of me only have one quarterback. So I really would hate for them to take two and me be stuck with Ryan Tannehill or having to take Matt Ryan, because then after that, I don't pick for 19 spots. So I'm sorry. This is how we're starting out the show. But I was going to give I was going to give you all the power on this because, um, I mean, you know how good Devontae Adams is and 
if I get stuck with like um, Marcus Mariota or something, this could be ugly. So there's a little bit of bias here because one of the, I somehow won two of my three leagues last year and Devante Adams, man, he's been a staple, just a guarantee, you know, it seemed like every week you were promised, you know, six receptions, 90 yards, and you're disappointed if he doesn't have a touchdown, if not more, right? That's just the kind of stud he is. Um, obviously, I under the, understand the concern. You know, he's moving to Las Vegas. He is now a Raider. Dude, I don't hate Matt Ryan. And you really think of, of those guys on the board, you drafting it in four picks? Like, you, do you feel like you you are so into the, the fantasy football ADPs? I mean, you have a spot in the Scott Fishbowl. Uh, do you really feel like Tua is such a hot commodity where you're not going to be able to get someone who hasn't thrown for more than 300 yards? I think more than like twice last season. I just pulled that out of the you know my back pocket. I don't know if that's true, but but basically a, a player who you're betting on potential, not based on what they've done. You you think he'll be gone? Yeah, I mean, I really don't know. I mean, those guys could like like you said, Matt Ryan or Tannehill or one of those other guys more. I just um uh, yeah, I don't know. I mean, I wanted you to tell me Devonte Adams honestly, because then I can just you know. If it goes, you know, because to me, it's just the obvious choice. He shouldn't even be there at what three, pick three ten. So I'll go Devonte Adams. And then uh, if we win the championship, I'll blame that on you. But uh, Jake, how are you doing today, man? Sorry, I had to throw you off course with that. But I was going to text you. I was going to ask you to DM. But I thought, you know what? F that. I'll just ask him on the air and we'll make that pick together. Honestly, I kind of liked it. I thought that was a nice little refreshing way to jump into this. But to be honest with you, man, it's always fun when I get to hop on here and talk Dolphins with you. And I just got to reiterate, I, I've been loving the stuff we've been seeing. We've gotten a couple of podcast reviews uh, on Apple, on Spotify. We've got some tweets that people are enjoying our book club that, uh, hey, books aren't all bad, especially if they're uh, not actual books. I guess that's one way to work around it. But Josh, today we're going to be jumping into Hunter Long. And that's on the, uh, you know, coming off of chapter four, which, Chapter four was kind of a tough one. Talk about Noah Igbenogany. And, and I was speaking to you before the show where Hunter Long, I kind of had the same feeling where we're so excited about so many guys on this roster. It's kind of tough to find a spot for Hunter Long to fit in. Yeah, it really is. I mean, we'll go down the depth chart. We'll talk about some of those guys he's competing with. But I mean, this feels like it's no like a no Igbenogany all over again. We know the tight ends take some time to develop just like cornerback. We didn't see very much of Hunter Long last season. So um, we're going to try to spin this as positively as we can. But at the end of the day, we're going to probably stay here with the same conclusion. You know, the sky's the limit. Let's hope for the best. But in all actuality, no one truly knows. And I don't know if it's true. I don't know if it's fair to say that this is a, uh, you know, make or break season for Hunter Long. But, you know, when the Dolphins invest their third round pick that last regime, I mean, you got to go out there and show something in that tight end room. Yeah. And before we get into that, um, I, I do want to note that this is the second person in a row. We're kind of we were I don't even know if a third round pick. I think we might overvalue like, oh, that's a high pick. Like, what are you doing? The fact that, hey, you know, they drafted Noah Igbenogany, uh when they had it. They had cornerback depth and they drafted Hunter Long, Josh, when when that. 2020 tight end room would set three records for the the franchise I think in receptions yards and I think they tied with 11 touchdowns I mean Adam Shaheen Durham Smythe and obviously Mike Asicki had his great uh breakout year but but you're kind of like huh Hunter Long where does this guy come in and, and Josh before we get into the stats I do want to bring up this one story that Barry Jackson wrote on, on January 11th for some reason I still remember being in the market 32 parking lot or actually I was I was in the line checking out when Brian Flores was fired and my phone was blowing up and, and we were just kind of yelling at each other there's a Barry Jackson article um, that said this is all report and we're going full Charlie from always sunny we're going to talk about the mail here Barry Jackson article from January 11th when Brian Flores saw one younger player in recent months he told them 
don't come to my office talking about playing time. Uh, Barry Jackson added that player had no such intentions. And obviously I'm like, who's that player? I want to hear about this. And there's two that stick out to me. And one, Noah Igbenogny, because, hey, this guy was a high draft pick. Like, let's get him in the lineup. Two, hey, we, my alma mater, Boston College, Brian Flores, that's where you went too. That's why you and I, Josh, we think that maybe Hunter Long was drafted by the Dolphins. You know, Brian Flores having his BC connections kind of wanted to bring in those type of guys. That kind of, to me, opens up the door to like, hey, like, we went to the same school. Can we have this talk? And just to get shut down. So that's where my always sunny Charlie brand is going. Do you have any thoughts on that? Yeah, Jake, and we're going to sit here and, you know, spin zone that Boston College relationship till we're blue in the face. Again, I think this would be one of those picks where if I'm Chris Green, it doesn't work out. I point the finger right there at Brian Flores, but uh, that's a great, you know, connection, Jake. Could it have been no egg monogamy? Absolutely. But when you look at Hunter Long, yes, the transition to the NFL game, you know, takes some time. But Jake, I mean, I, we looked it up. 95 snaps as a rookie, 90 on offense, five on special teams, only played 19% of those snaps. He had that one catch against the New York Giants. Um, I mean, he was in pass protection. It looked like two and one to go elsewhere and just kind of checked it down to him for mm-hmm. eight yards. But dude, that is the only catch that he had. So um, I mean, if you were Hunter Long, drafted third round, you know, went out there in camp and did everything the right way. I mean, would it have been too crazy to think that he might be going there asking for playing time? I guess not. But um, like you said, Barry Jackson put to rest all that. So maybe even if it was Hunter Long, I guess he wasn't truly going up there, you know, to ask for more playing time. But again, man, in this loaded room with veterans ahead of him, like we're going to discuss, I mean, it would be hard for Hunter Long to, to go up there and demand those things, especially as a rookie. So he was drafted 81st overall in the 2021 NFL draft. That's a third round pick. 6'5", 254 pounds. Talk about a big dude. Uh, NFL Network, Lance Erline. He said he has decent speed and good ball skills. Not aggressive enough against the run. He's one of those guys, when you look at him, I don't think he's ever gotten angry a day in his life. I don't know if that's part of just getting older in the sense of, you know, everyone looks so young. But dude, Hunter Long just has that baby face. It's kind of like the uh, Michael Dieter vibe, Josh, where it's just he has that face. He has never gotten angry. And you're just waiting for that one day, like in dodgeball, where uh, uh, what's his face? The guy who the stapler guy from office space, I'm not going to be able to name anybody today, but when he's in dodgeball and and he sees his wife flirting with someone and he sees that rage and like wins a game of five, one dodgeball. I don't think we're ever going to see that at a Hunter long. He he just didn't have that aggressiveness in college, but he does have good hands. He looked comfortable being receiver. Basically the key was to be more feisty. And and Josh, I really like this comparison. Uh, Nate Tice of bleach report compared him to Jesse James. Um, and the way I kind of interpret that, Josh, is someone not like Mike Kosicki who can be like a focal point of the offense, but someone, if he's given an opportunity to maybe confuse one person or make someone miss, they can take advantage of that opportunity. That's where I really feel uh, someone like Hunter Long could find his place. And of course, man, it's important to know he can solve a Rubik's Cube in less than a minute. Yeah, I don't know if I'll ever be able to solve one of those. Jake, I, <laughs> I know I said this before, but he, I mean... He kind of has that face. He kind of reminds me of Sid, the evil villain from uh, Toy Story, you know, all grown up. But he also reminds me of Vincent Adultman. I don't know if you watch Bojax, but, you know, the guy that the little kid who's like stacked on top of another one. I mean, he's got that exact face. So um, I think the Jesse James comparison, I know you said you like that, but I mean, to think that they drafted him in a third round. And I mean, I don't think we have some of the players that they drafted him over um, there with the 81st overall pick last season. But um, you know, I would want more than Jesse James, I guess, out of that position. But to your point, I mean, he doesn't have that elite speed. He doesn't have that elite route running or, you know, some of those things that some of these other tight ends around the league, those elite players. But he's I think the way I put it was he does a lot of things good, but nothing elite. So, um, again, John Embry's 
coaching staff in place. I mean, we're going to talk about it till we're blue in the face, but um, it should be that time. It should be time for him to take that next step and reach that potential that the Dolphins, someone in that front office saw, you know, when they draft him so high. Today's episode is brought to you by cars.com with over 2 million vehicles and 50,000 more added every day. Cars.com will match you with the perfect car for you, your budget, your life, your style. And if you're ready to say goodbye to your current car, cars.com will get you an instant offer to cash it in. Just start by entering your license plate and get matched with a local dealer who will write you the check. So whether you're looking to buy or sell, just go to cars.com. It's magical. Yeah, that's why you can't get too negative or down about someone in Hunter Long's position because, I mean, we, we saw Mike Kosicki's rookie year, man. We knew how tough that was. Uh, I mean, Durham Smythe, man, fourth-round pick, third-round pick. I mean, at that point, you are starting to shoot darts. We saw that it took him a couple of years to become that consistent. I mean, it, Durham Smythe is modern-day Anthony Fasano, and you you cannot con- uh, you know convince me otherwise. So I think that's really, man, where our, the tough question begins. How do you find snaps if there, you have a – Great blocker like Durham Smythe already there, and you have a great receiver like Mike Kosicki. How on earth does this player really dig into this offense? Uh, going back to his college stats here a little bit, Josh, 2018, only four receptions, but listen to this yak, man. Four receptions, 103 yards, found the end zone twice. 2019, uh, bumped that up to 28 receptions, and 2020, man, that was his coming out party. 57 receptions, 685 yards, five touchdowns in 11 starts. And Josh, it's no coincidence, man. You just posted some of his film on Twitter at at H-O-U-T-Z. God, I can't believe I messed that up. And I'm sure it's on YouTube too at Houts. So Josh, what did you see watching Hunter Long's film? Yeah, that is definitely not a coincidence. I absolutely put that together <laughs> to sit here and not only watch the tape, but I just thought about, it. you know, how many touchdowns do he have? Why not put that all together? But again, it was a guy that could do all the, you know, do a lot of things good, but nothing elite. I mean, you saw him outrunning some linebackers, you know, going up in high point in the football. To me, he doesn't create some of that separation that you might see with a Mike Isicki with some of those, you know, truly elite tight ends that, you know, are kind of de facto slot wide receivers. But I mean, the way he boxes some of those guys out, it was pretty impressive. You mentioned Yak, a lot of that. I mean, there were some plays where it was just busted coverage or he just, you know, there was no safety help and he just completely separated from the defensive back. So again, there was some nice stuff there. I mentioned his big body and we're going to sit here and joke, you know, all podcast all season long that this is the second coming of George Kittle. But um, there was a post I saw on Twitter from Lord under slash Jack 17, put this picture together and kind of compared their two, their, you know, their numbers side by side. Kittle six foot four, Hunter Long six foot five. George Kittle weighs 247 pounds, Hunter Long 254. And then their arm, like, you know, their arms, their hands, it's all kind of similar. 40 times George Kittle's a little faster. But I mean, if we're going to sit here and say, you know, this is going to be a clone of George Kittle after he spends time with John Embry, sign me up. And I mean, we're going to continue to go back to how important John Embry is going to be for that tight end room. We know that you said it yourself, you know, they were setting records a few years ago. But, you know, when they bring in a guy like John Embry, who George Kittle had this quote, you know, just how important he was to him developing in the NFL. Uh, he puts an Instagram. Thank you. The last five years have gone too fast. Being able to start my NFL career with you was the best possible thing for me. You show me the standard at which you had to play to have a chance to succeed in this league. You convinced me to never run out of bounds and to set the tone on each play with or without the football. You also leveled up my taste in tequila. I'm happy that more guys get a chance to be coached by you. Continue to raise the bar. And I have to ask you, Jake, do you think this could be, you know, what ultimately unlocks Hunter Long's potential and has him raise his bar to that next level? 
Josh, that is, that is such a tough question. And, and we've made these comparisons going back to San Fran a couple of times now about the, they, the three pillars of Debo Samuel, uh, Greg, Greg Kittle, and then finally, George, Greg Kittle, that's a, I listened to too much part of my take. George Kittle, and then whatever running back they want to throw out there who's just an absolute monster. But man, for him to do anything, it starts digging into some playing time, and that's why I thought it'd be important. We, we've done pods about Mike Kosicki, especially after his franchise tag. Uh, but I just want to throw out a couple of notes about here then we can kind of reassess where hunter long fits in and where there might be some cracks in the dam that he can kind of poke his head through and get some snaps so i think it's newsworthy josh uh i just mentioned it kasicki signed the franchise tag and he i think there's a deadline quickly approaching so i don't think he's going to be signing a new contract before the season uh but josh after that 2020 season, I think the offense as a whole took a step back. But, I mean, the, the tight end room is really what stood out to me. I mean, Gasicki averaged 6.5 receptions per game last year. And then it really spiraled out of control at the end. Four or less targets in three of the last six weeks. Uh, and then the, the conundrum we all have about this Dolphins offense. He played 402 snaps in the slot, just 140 at tight end last season. Uh, Josh, I want to talk about Adam Shaheen for a second. Did you think he really got worse in 2021 after 2020, would you say? Like, just a gut check. I know you have the stats right here, but but did you feel like his impact was, was a lot smaller? I do, and I, I again, I don't know. Well, it had to be that three-headed monster of an offensive coaching staff, right? And that's kind of what it is, man. But, but counter-argument, he had 12 receptions both years. That kind of blew my mind, but I guess the big difference was uh, 2020, uh, three touchdowns. 2021, 9.2 yards per reception after having a 12.5 yard perception um, average in 2020, if that even made sense. Basically, what I'm trying to say is it went down three yards per reception. At age 28, Adam Shaheen can be cut and you save roughly 1.75 million on the books. And that's kind of where I start to see where can Hunter Long, can he do what Adam Shaheen did? And to me, man, when we start thinking about uh, Hunter Long, his talents, his traits, you you kind of hit the nail on the head where he's good at a lot of different things, but he's not great at, at you know, just an overall one part of the game. Uh, he's not foisty enough to be a top tier uh, run blocker. When it comes to passing the football, he has strong hands, but in college where he really struggled is if the ball's near his chest. He has very long arms, so you kind of alligator on it, and you know, you don't have that reaction speed to get your arms inside and catch that football. So Josh, to me, I think there's no way to put Hunter Long on the field and see some bad plays. I think that's just part of being in the NFL. There's a bunch of great players. There are going to be players better than you. But the goal is on that Monday morning follow game, he's in one to two tweets with, oh, he was in one in one coverage against this linebacker. He caught the ball. It was going to be a tailor-made eight-yard play in Mike McDaniel's offense, but he made it into a 20-yard reception, whether it's using speed to get away, whether it's just breaking free from the linebacker. I think that's going to be the key where it's not going to be about consistency, seeing him out there blocking like Durham Smythe. I think there's zero chance he does that, especially when you consider that Smythe just signed a new two-year deal worth $8 million uh, after the team added Mike McDaniel. So you know that McDaniel has a role for Smythe in this offense, but I think it's just going to see this, this volatile player and, and hope he can be volatile. If Hunter Long comes out and, you know, has three catches at eight yards a clip again, and he makes a couple solid blocks on, you know, four yard runs. I don't, I don't think he has any shot, but he has the talent where I think he might get blown up on a couple of run plays, but then, Hey, he might be the one that creates that big hole for 20 yards, you know, the next driver. Hey, you know, maybe there's a couple of plays on offense where, Hey, 
four-yard reception all of a sudden is a 12-yard reception. I think that they really need to uncover Hunter Long as a player that defenses have to think about. Mike Kosicki, 402 snaps in the slot, Josh. He is going to be catching the football. Durham Smythe on the line of scrimmage. He's going to be blocking. You add in Hunter Long, who maybe if he's at the line of scrimmage, can go out and make a couple great catches. Or if he's maybe lined up at the slot, he can swing back in and be a big part of the run game. I think that's really the only way he's going to find consistent playing time in 2022 is, you know, suffering through those bad plays because on the other side, there is that sword that is very dangerous and he can make a couple big things happen. You're making those plays in training camp. I mean, was it not his rookie year? You know, the most, I guess, the biggest highlight he had was riding the golf cart. Remember everyone thought he had like a season ending injury yes, in camp right. and all they were doing was just like taking a precautionary measure. Sure. So he didn't have to like go up the escalator or the slide or whatever. Um, I guess you mentioned Gesicki and how he causes mismatches. I mean, that's kind of the one thing I would say that Hunter Long didn't really, I mean, he did have some miss, you know, when he lined up against a linebacker that's smaller, a defensive back that's smaller, obviously that's a mismatch, but he just doesn't have that, you know, weapon. That, you know, you're not moving him around in the offense to create those exactly. different things there. You mentioned Shaheen and Smythe, and, you know, he is very similar to both those guys. And I, I don't think he can block better than either of them. I mean, he might be a better pass catcher, but the thing he has going for him is he's only 23 years old, you know, second year in the NFL. And like you mentioned, Adam Shaheen, Durham Smythe. We know how much Durham Smythe and Mike Kosicki get along. We know those two guys love each other. Just signed that new two-year deal. But, um, you know, Shaheen could be cut this offseason. You mentioned $1.75 million they could save. You know, Durham Smythe might not be around after, you know, maybe they cut him next year. So, and Stephen Carter, I mean, was he not that huge signing that, like, happened, like, immediately First after signing, break? Dude. Yeah. And I don't even know what their plan is with that. So, um, I mean, this is a loaded tight end room, but I just want to see Hunter Long do more than a Shaheen, do more than a Smite. That's honestly the biggest thing to me is the fact that, you know, he fits that slimmer mold. And the Dolphins, they knew eventually they were going to have to, you know, pay Mike Kosicki. That was going to come to an head. I mean, I feel like this was almost like that no Igbenogany draft pick. You know, they were trying to look ahead and, you know, have some flexibility with Xavier Howard. Uh, I don't know what they're going to do with Mike Kosicki. That's going to be hard to pay, you know, your third target on offense, $15 million. But as of now, I mean, we need to see something from Hunter Long to be able to see that, you know, this offense will be okay without him. But he does fit that typical mold again of what San Francisco utilized so well. You know, I guess it's just been George Kittle, right? Uh, Vernon Davis, that, that was way too long ago. So, um, I mean, we see he fits that similar mold. I mean, we're going to sit here and do the Spider-Man meme with George Kittle, but you just have to see something, man. I mean, you, you talked about it. You can't have be targeted three times, you know. But again, I'm, I'm sitting there saying that, and I forget, you know, Mike Kosicki sat around and blocked, you know, most of his rookie year. You know, these tight ends do take time to develop and transition. So, I'm with you, man. Let's see some of those training camp highlights, you know, one-handed grabs, everybody oohing and on over what Hunter Long's bring this offense. Man, the Seathan Carter signing, that one. And I think he even had a, did he have a penalty? Was it last year they like executed a, a, a fake punt or something to perfection and he wasn't a legal man downfield or something? Am I remembering that correctly? I, I can't remember. I thought you were going to say it was Mike Kosicki that came in motion and got hit with the ball, right? I thought that's where you're going with that. I, I can't remember if that was Seathan Carter. I, I don't think he had any. Seathan Carter had two receptions last year. We need to talk about that. That's two more. That's one more than uh, Hunter Long, right? <laughs> Two for so 16 are, yards. Holy, he had t- doubled his yardage. Starts. Oh, man. That's where the pass starts. If if Hunter Long can double his yardage this year, he'll already be on Seath and Carter level, and he should be safe. Uh, but but joking aside, Josh, I think the, the big question here, um, do you think that he has to out-pass block Durham Smythe or out-reception Mike Gesicki to find his place on this roster? Uh, man, I just... 
I hate roster or I hate, you know, coaching staff turnover. There's nothing I'd love more than to talk about having the same coach for 20 years and all the successes. But, but the one thing that's interesting is you do start to see the vision of these different guys as you know, the Adam Gases, the Joe Philbins, as these guys transition, you see guys move around and, and it's more, it's not even the bottom of the roster guys that fill up the depth chart. It's like guys number, I don't know. 28 through 34 that are like these mid tier, you know, they've been around the league for a little bit. I'm very curious on how much of Adam Shaheen we see during um, training camp. How much of Ethan Carter we see or is Mike McDaniel going to say, all right, Hunter Long, you're under contract for three years. These guys, they weren't really under my regime. They don't really fit my vision. So you're going to get this shot right away. Do you see a situation where, you know, having the new coaching staff kind of makes him, you know, shoots and ladders his way past maybe, um, you know, Seathan Carter and Adam Shaheen a little bit? That's a good question. And it does suck because we have turnover. You know, you finally start to get a, a keen in on what, you know, Brian Flores Brian does. Flores and they say, yeah. yeah, and they sit here, you know, completely uh, throw us in. Sh- I don't know, Jake. Maybe we should be doing this podcast on all these tight ends, right? I mean, I feel like they're all kind of going into this with, you know, an even playing field. And I think that's what you were getting at. I do think he might have to out, you know, pass protect an Adam Shaheen, um, a Durham Smythe. I don't think he's going to outcatch Mike Gasicki, but, you know, if they utilize, if they like to use those heavy sets and those two tight end sets, I mean, they might throw Hunter Long out there. So I don't want to say he has to do that, but um, I'm thinking maybe we should have done this on Shaheen and Smythe too, because Adam Shaheen's six foot seven, you know, 257 pounds. That's John Embry right there, right? He could be the next, you know, Darren Waller or something. I mean, all jokes aside though, I think, you know, they're all going into this and it's going to be a battle. And I think that's what we like so much about training camp. You know, when you have a loaded room with, you know, a lot of talented players in it battling for that rot for that time. So Dude, 19% of the snaps last year, that has to go up. Yeah, and it's kind of crazy. I, I would even say he was on the field less than a fifth of the snaps, right? I mean, but but it, it's about developing those opportunities. And even if he's on the field 20% of the plays again, I, I don't think it has anything to do with, you know, out blocking Durham Smythe or out catching, uh, you know, Mike Kosicki. I just think that the idea is to put someone in the offense you can trust to do the simple things, and he can do those as maybe even your second blocking tight end or the outlet, like you mentioned, his magnificent catch last year against the Giants where he just kind of caught a check down. But instead of catching the check down and, you know, you get your eight-yard completion, you take it to that next step. You know, I I have the two questions here that I think are going to be key to, you know, him becoming a guy. And I think it's going to fit the Mike McDaniel offense where the goal man is to show up on every single play and have absolutely no idea what this team is doing, no matter who's lined up where. You know, I think that's going to be the big thing for Mike McDaniel in this offense. So to me, man, can, can Hunter Long turn an obvious passing play into a big run? AKA you have four players out wide and then all of a sudden, you know, it's a third and 20 run that actually gets the 25 yards that seemed to happen to the dolphins all the damn time up until a couple of recent years or on the other way, can he be lined up as that second, you know, blocking tight end. And then all of a sudden, you know, it's play action. He's wide open and he breaks that one tackle and he turns that, you know, third and seven, uh, 12 yard completion. That'd be a first down into, Oh my God, we're in the red zone. Now that type of thing, that type of play we're going to see on Twitter, because it isn't something that's tailor made for him. It's something where he goes out and shows this six foot five frame, this, this attitude that he's hopefully developing into becoming one of those staples because I think when you think of someone like like George Kittle man it's not that he's a great receiver it's not that he's a great blocker he can win any type of one-on-one battle possible in any of those situations and that's what makes him special and I think that's not saying Hunter Long has to do that all the time and I think putting him in this type of situation he's going to lose sometimes that's part of being young in the NFL but I think at the same time that's the only way he can make a staple and say you know what damn I belong in this group just because I can be this mismatch threat that has defenses thinking like 
Tyreek Hill, Jalen Waddle. Oh, Jesus. Now we have to actually wonder what Hunter Long's doing. Like, really? We're at that point. I think that's where the offense could be special with someone like him in it. That, that would be absolutely insane, right? If Hunter Long becomes a legit target. Um, you mentioned George Kittle. I mean, he plays with no fear. Went back to that quote. You know, he said, set your tone on every play. So I hope to see Hunter Long level up. Jake, I did look it up then because I figured we brought up, you know, Hunter Long only played, what, 90 snaps, 19%. Adam Shaheen played 46% of the snaps in 2021. That was 372 offensive snaps. And then Durham Smythe played 62%. That was 716 offensive snaps. So obviously last season, Durham Smythe was, you know, that extra tight end. Um, but it looked like he could jump, you know, he could he could take off, you know, a couple hundred snaps from, you know, Durham Smythe and, you know, maybe uh, 150 from Adam Shaheen. And then who knows what he could do. So I think you're right, Jake, and how he's going to be utilized. You know, he can do the blocking. So he's going to be one of those, you know, mismatches in that play action game. And, you know, when you have a Tyree kill, when you have Jalen Waddle, when you have Cedric Wilson, when you have Mike Kosicki, when you have those speedy running backs, I mean, who the hell's, who the hell's even looking at Hunter Long? I mean, he comes into the game. They really do think, you know, they're watching Bojack and Vincent adult man just wandered out in the field, but it's, it's Hunter Long dong after all. I dude, I, I love it. So that's such a great we we might have to use that for the picture for this one. And and this Josh, like like I said, is, is the second book club we've done where it's a little bit it's a little tougher to kind of envision like that great season. Uh, but man, you, you mentioned it. You can just kind of chip away at those snaps and, and kind of see Hunter Long develop this role. He's got the skill set and the traits to be be an NFL player. And I think the Dolphins have lacked, man, is really getting that production from maybe the the maybe not the top tier athletes, I guess one way to put it. I mean, seeing Jesse, uh, Jesse James running down the field, he wasn't the fastest dude. He wasn't the strongest dude, but he could make plays happen. And I think that's going to be kind of fun to see if Hunter Long can pull that off. Um, and I do think it's very possible. And I do think we can't, you know, underestimate someone just because, uh, you know, it's not the speed of Tyree kill or the quickness of Jalen Waddle. I think there are different ways to win. And I think Hunter Long is someone who can show that. Yeah, Jake, and I have something written down, just, you know, my final thoughts on Hunter Long. I'm kind of, I was kind of meowing Hunter Long heading into this, Jake, but, you know, sitting here talking about it, I'm kind of getting a little bit excited. I wasn't looking for the tight end when he was drafted in the third round of the 2021 draft, but maybe we all should have been looking at that. He doesn't have that elite skill set, but he's very good at everything. And I think, you know, the Dolphins are no way are going to go into this season with what? Five tight ends, not with all the running backs we discussed. You know, Ingold's in there, the the defensive backs. So um, I want to see him take that next level elevate his game but based on what I saw on tape I mean there is some good stuff there his route running his ability again to box out defenders and to make those plays I mean I don't think he's going to outrun some of these guys but neither does Mike Kosicki right I mean one of my biggest I guess gripes with Mike Kosicki is that he almost goes down you know as the wind blows you know someone could breathe on him and he almost goes down with first contact I don't know if that's Hunter Long I saw him you know lower his shoulder and be almost a little bit of a bully you know setting the tone so to speak so I don't think he's going to you know surplant Mike Kosicki this year, but he might start laying those breadcrumbs to, you know, take over his spot once he eventually goes and gets paid $15 million by the Chargers or whatever team and ultimately pays him. But um, before that happens, Hunter Long got to go out there and prove that he's our next Mike prove that he's our next George Kittle. And that's where I'm going to leave it, Jake, you know, uh, for all the promise, the sky's limit stuff. This is our next George Kittle, man. We got, we got George Kittle. I don't know that. Uh, and I have to throw it out there. A lot of fantasy owners really liked Hunter Long. I mean, I didn't really look into him too much pre-draft, like I said, but he was a pretty hot commodity in the fantasy community. That that's surprising, man, especially with the Titan landscape. But, I should say but, I should say dynasty. Let me make sure I correct that. That is dynasty. Yeah. That dynasty. makes a little more sense. But even even then, man, to talk about a Miami Dolphins third string tight end, I, I think we should do a you know a fantasy a fantasy show at some point, maybe early August. I know that's when drafts really start picking up. Hey, but quick shout out, Ski Balls 903. 
Thank you for the five-star review on iTunes. Loving this book club series. Keep it up. A uh, little hint. We're skipping ahead a little bit. Um, not skipping ahead at all. I'm just going to give you a little preview. Chapter six, man. Jason Sanders. Um, my big thing. He's, he stinks in he stinks in odd years. He's good in even years. We'll dive into that a little more. But but I'm really enjoying doing this series with you, man. I'm having a lot of fun. And, and for you guys listening, again, thank you for letting us be part of your day. But this entire series, our goal is to kind of look at guys and, and how they could fit moving forward. And each chapter, uh, you know, someone correct me if I'm wrong, but they're a little bit timeless, at least until the season begins. So if you're trying to get jacked up for the football season, chapter one, Chase Edmonds, I think that was a really fun talk. Chapter two, Jalen Phillips and how he gets his number in the ring of honor. Chapter three, Cedric Wilson. That that was so much fun to me, Josh, just because the, the whole idea of offenses is completely flipped on its head. You have these short, fast wide receivers on the outside. You have these big physical guys on the inside playing slot. Like we are in the stranger things upside down with that, but that is all the time we have. I see that ticker t- timing down on us. So again, thank you guys for joining us. Be sure to follow Josh on Twitter at Jesus. I hope everyone heard that. That was horrifying. I uh, got hit with some lightning. You didn't get hit by lightning, right? No, good? I just scared the, it was going and it was like kind of quiet. And then all of a sudden there was that super loud. One, yeah, so no, that. I heard it for sure. But it's storming here too. That's what's crazy. I, I just thought you meant like your house got hit by lightning at first. I was like, Oh, like, I don't even know what you would do in that situation. <laughs> <laughs> That's basically the only thing you can do if your house is hit by lightning. But man, other than a little scare here, a little shook. Thank you guys so much for joining us. Be sure to subscribe to the show. Hit that subscribe button. Please, please, please. It helps grow the show. It helps others find the show. And man, that's all we're trying to do. So thank you guys so much for joining us. We'll be back soon with Jason Sanders. But until then, fins up. Fins up. That was Finsider Radio, part of the Finsider.com and the SB Nation Network. Miami has the Dolphins, the greatest football team. We take the ball from goal to goal like no one's ever seen. We're in the air, we're on the ground, we're always in control. And when you say Miami, you're talking Super Bowl, because we're the Miami Dolphins. Miami Dolphins, Miami Dolphins number one. Yes, we're the Miami We're the Miami Dolphins, Miami Dolphins, Miami Dolphins number one. Yes, we're the Miami Dolphins, Miami Dolphins, Miami Dolphins number one. Everybody, Miami Dolphins, Miami Dolphins, Miami Dolphins number one. Yes, we're the Miami Dolphins, Miami Dolphins, Miami Dolphins number one. Yes, we're the Miami.